He did the impossible. He had Tom Lucas catching fish. He's Dick Beardsley of Dick Beardsley Guide Service, and he is catching a ton of bass. And the walleye bite's pretty good, too. We'll get all the details next. Welcome to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Well, we're checking in with Dick Beardsley once again, Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Dick, welcome back. Hey, Kevin, it's always fun to be on with you. Gosh, can you believe we're uh, to the just about to the middle of July already? <laughs> I tell you, it's it's just flown by. It it's really has. And, you know, I'm an early riser, and you know, I before I take people out on guide trips, I I'm up real early and I get my run, you know, get my little run in. And back in June at three thirty. It was starting to get light. Boy, it's pitch black at three thirty, four o'clock now. In fact, I started wearing a headlamp, you know, for a portion of the run because it's the days are getting longer. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, uh, Dick. Um, it, it's been amazing to me this year as I've talked to you and others how consistent we've had solid wa- uh, well walleye fishing, but fishing in general. There hasn't been many bad reports. No, it, you know what, Kev? It really. It's been good, and I don't know what the reason is unless, you know, the water levels on all the lakes are, I mean, I'm seeing rocks on Bemidji I've probably never seen before, you know, along the shoreline and whatnot, and I don't know if that's, you know, kind of concentrating those fish a little bit more or what, but no, the, the walleye bite, the crappie, bluegills, pike, bass, I mean, it's been good. Now, saying that, it's not maybe quite as easy as it was back in you know, the end of May and that first three weeks into June. But if you want to go walleye fishing, I mean, you can still go out on Bemidji, a bunch of the other lakes in the area, and still have a good shot at catching a, a good bunch of walleyes. And, and we've been getting them pretty much every way. You know me. I like to jig fish. <laughs> and uh, we've been catching them on jigs and minnows. We've been catching them on jigs and leeches, jigs and a piece of crawler, pulling spinners, live bait rigs. I mean, if... You know, I, I've heard guys going out at night and trolling, you know, shallow running crankbaits over the top of the the cabbage and doing really well. So, kind of pick the way you want to catch them, and you can probably go out and do it. <laughs> you know, we hear so many great things about, and 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 deservedly so. We hear great things about Leech and Gull Lake in the Brainerd area, and uh, Winnie and Cass and Red, and uh, but Bemidji just keeps cranking walleyes. It really does, you know. And I talked to a few guys that work out of down by leach and and it's been it's been a little tougher down there for some of the guys down that way but there's bemidji like when i get people out on lake bemidji i brag about that lake a lot because it's such an amazing it really is an amazing fishery and i was out there with some guys on saturday it was a beautiful day other than there was no wind and you know we like a little wind and and we've gone through one algae bloom but this past weekend out on bemidji that water was gin clear and there was virtually nobody out. We fished from 
about seven to about noon, and I I don't think I counted five fishing boats out there and nobody out zipping around on jet skis. Now I'm sure it was a little bit later in the afternoon. It probably got a little busier, but it's an amazing fishery, Kev. And, um, it, you know, as far as I know, there's never been a stocked walleye in that, put in that lake. The natural reproduction is so good. The last census they did, I think there was 13 different year classes of walleyes in Lake Bemidji. I know last winter we were catching tons of eight to 10 inch walleyes out there, which, which I love seeing because it bodes good for the next few years down the road. Absolutely. I, I mean, um, yeah, it, and it, it does. It kind of gets overlooked. You know, it's right in town and, you know, it gets its fair sh- that are out there recreational using it are really pretty good about, you know, trying to, they see a fishing boat, they'll go, you know, stay far enough away and whatnot. And it's just, uh, it's a crazy, amazing fishery. It is, and and of course it's a it's got a, it's got good population of perch in there. Yes, uh, and a surprisingly uh, decent population of bass if you know where to find. Right, it. right, it so. really does, and of course you know it's got trophy muskies yes. in there, and Kev trophy rock bass. <laughs> hey, I'm not kidding, you, folks. If you want to have fun, there's a few spots in that deep cabbage. It, you get on a school and big, and they're big rock bass out there. You talk about fun and aggressive and fight. I mean, when, before you get into a school of them and you hook that first one, you're thinking, "Oh, this is a good walleye," because they're hanging down, and then you pull it up and you see old Google eyes or red eye, whatever you want to call them. And you know, around here, people kind of like turn their noses up to them, Kev. But man, they are a lot of fun, and they make great table fare. Honest mm-hmm. to gosh, you you know, and the ones that I clean here in Lake Bemidji. I can't remember the last time I found a white grub in them, and you hold them up and they look just like a crappie fillet. I mean, and they taste just as good. So uh, yeah, we 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 kind of got a little bit of everything out there on Lake Bemidji. Now, if you want to go and catch uh, panfish or bass, you about quadruple your uh, opportunities because there's a ton of those little lakes all over the place that have those, and they're biting like crazy oh, right now. Oh, Kev, I mean, you could basically put a map up of all the lakes in the Bemidji area and just throw a dart at it. And if it's one of those smart little lakes that we have, like back in the woods and stuff, yeah, a lot of them are filled with bass and and panfish, you know, and nice bluegills, nice crappies. I mean, it, it's a ball. A lot of lot of uh, northern pike on some of those smaller lakes. Some of those pike are, uh, you know, a little small, but they're still there. Hey, if you're looking for good action, I mean, they're they're willing biters, that's for sure. So yeah, no, we are so blessed in this area to have such a variety. Of fishing that um, I, I I count my blessings every day. I'm out there on that lake uh, area, lake here in the Bemidji area. Well, and, and indeed, you do a lot of uh, bass guiding or just action guiding, uh, and uh, so you're you're checking out those lakes all the time. And it, again, it just like the walleye bite this year, the panfish bite, the bass bite is. I just keep getting good reports. Yeah, it, Kevin, it really has been, and you know. We do all catch and release on the bass, and and then in my boat I have certain parameters, you know, like crappies twelve inches and over we put back, and and bluegills nine inches over we put back, and those smaller ones are better eating anyhow. And when you explain to your clients why you're putting them back, and we take a bunch of pictures, you know, ninety nine percent of them feel really good about releasing that big bluegill or releasing that big crappie, you know, back into the lake, and and um, and it, you know, because you know, when you, when you and I are long gone, I want our grandkids and great grandkids to be able to have the type of fishing we have today in the Bemidji area. Because 
I've been fishing these area lakes since I was a kid with my dad, and I think the fishing is as good, if not better now, than it was when I was a kid. Hmm. And so many more people now are, um, I get a lot of people that just want to go out and catch, photo, and put them back, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, or some may want to keep enough for one meal. You know, back in the, you know, when I was a kid, it was like, you caught, whatever you caught, no matter what size, it went on a stringer and you ate it. It's a lot different now. And I think, I think that's benefiting the, the fishery, to be honest with you. Well, speaking of putting back big crappies, you were doing a bunch of that today. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I never asked a crappie angler where he was catching the crappies. <laughs> I know better than that. But tell us about today. Yeah, it was fun. I was out with a guy this morning, and uh, we got onto a lake up in the woods, and uh, no other boats out on the lake. And there's certain lakes they set up really nice for midsummer crappies, and on these deeper humps, if you can, you know, that are surrounded by deeper water, and if they got cabbage along on on top of those humps or real on the edge, the crappies it's just like a magnet for them. And we got out there this morning, and we got out at, I think, 7.45. And I had, I caught my 10 crappies that I all released them all by about 8 o'clock. And the guy had in the boat had his 10 by about 5, 10 after 8. And um, it was just a ball. And, Kev, we had trouble getting him his 10 keepers that were under 12 inches. But just having a ball. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. And and there's something about crappie fishing, and and uh, we use small jigs, and we we we're kind of we kind of swim the jigs through the cabbage, so they're very small. Otherwise, you use too big of a jig. We're you know we're using like a one sixteenth ounce jig, and plastic, and we just swim it through that cabbage. Any bigger jig, you get just hung up too much, and it sinks too quickly, you know. And almost you just feel that little that little pull. And then you just pull back, and oh my gosh! And those black and silver slabs, you know, when they hit that surface and they just sparkle in the sun. I'm telling you, it it, it excites me, as you can tell. Yeah. <laughs> wow! And and of course, um, you know, uh, you're a big bass fan. Yeah. And I heard uh, rave reviews of your services <laughs> from my uh, morning show partner over on KZY, Tom Lucas. He took him and his nephew out yesterday, and wow. Another yeah. great story about a lake we won't uh, tell what it well, was. Well, yeah, Kev, I, I had Tom and his nephew, Nate, and they were just, first off, they were wonderful to have in the boat. And I'm always, I love hearing other people's stories. And, you know, Tom's, I, I go, man, you got you got that radio voice. He's got that deep <laughs> oh, yeah. voice, you know. I mean, he's made for radio. And so we had a good chat and his, and his uh, nephew, Nate, um, and we, we had a ball. We um, we were out for four hours and we caught a ton of bass. And Tom had a couple that were I know one for sure was a good six pounds, and the other one was darn close to it, if not just as big. But lots in that three to four pound range, a few five pounders thrown in there. It was I mean it was an absolute ball, and it was constant. I mean from the time we hit one spot on the lake, and I, I showed him. I think three or four of their spots, and every single spot had fish on them. And like I told them, I said, I can't promise you that every single time. (laughs) But, uh, boy, when it happens, when you happen to be in the right place at the right time and there was nobody on this lake, and I'll just let you know, it was was south of the Bemidji area a little bit, not real far, but a a ways south. 
and not a person, other person out there on the lake, and there was no wind. I mean, it was just a ball. A day like that is is unusual. It is. But uh, fish like that is really not that unusual around here. We've no. Got, we've got lots of lakes that got them in there. Yeah. Well, this same lake that I took them to, and it's called I Can't Remember Lake. <laughs> <laughs> Let me write that down. <laughs> but, Kev, um, I'm for those of folks that are listening, I'm I'm in the studio this afternoon. I just showed Kev a picture of a bass that came out of that lake four years ago on a guide trip. And the state record's a little under... Uh, 10 pounds for a largemouth bass. And and Kev, now that's no fish story. That fish, that picture I showed you, that had to be, uh, it had to be pushing 10, if not a little little bigger. Sure looks like it to me. I know. Yeah. I mean, it was just just a tank. And we got her back right away. And who knows, by now she might have died of old age. Or maybe, maybe some young eight, nine-year-old little boy or little girl was out there fishing one day crappie fishing or whatever and hooked into that big mama and that's what i was hoping for you know because people had asked me when i've shown them that picture so dick if that if you would have weighed it and it would have been the new state record what would you have done and i said exactly what i did i said i would have put her back i i mean to kill a fish like that just to have your name in a record book uh -uh. she's going back and maybe with a hope of some little kid catching her down the road and she might even be a little bit bigger that was fun much more to come with Dick Beardsley. He's on the Minnesota DNR Bass Advisory Board. We'll talk about that next. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Are you looking to plan a fishing trip? Look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is your year-round destination for walleyes, pike, muskie, bass, perch, crappie, panfish, and more. With over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji, come take a cast of becoming a fishing legend. While you're on your fishing adventure, come take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Discover the first city on the Mississippi, Bemidji, one step further. Welcome back to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, presented by Northland Fishing Tackle. Our good friend Dick Beardsley joining us today. You're on the Bass Advisory Board. Yes. Is that a DNR group? It is, Kev. So I'm on the Minnesota DNR Bass Advisory Board, and it's there's a bunch of them. There's like the Panfish Board, mm-hmm. and there's the Walleye DNR Advisory Board, and it's a really neat, it's an all-volunteer thing, and I signed up for it, I think I've been on it now three, four years, and uh, it's just wonderful, and Henry Drews has... He he leads the, um, the the bass advisory group, and Henry's a you know that's charge of fisheries here in Bemidji, yeah. and we usually meet at Cabela's down there in the cities by Rogers, but it's it's really neat. We they usually have a, a biologist or two come and explain what the fisheries are doing across the whole state of Minnesota, and um, it's and then we give input on what we'd like to see, whether it be permitting bass tournaments, the you know catch and release, all kinds of things. And we don't, you know, we don't make the rules, but we have input. And then Henry takes those back to the, you know, to the DNR. And and they've used a number of our inputs over the years, which is, it's nice that they have this for, you know, and there's a few guys that are professional tournament anglers. There's a couple of us that are fishing guides and other people just in the industry. So we get a, a total mix of people. And we all have our own ideas and and things. We all nobody gets into arguments or anything like that. And we all kind of share. And um, I know last fall, uh, it was 
or it was the fall or the spring before the the pandemic we couldn't do any more in-person meetings but we had a biologist there and kev we we all our jaws just dropped but a 20 inch bass in minnesota is 20 years old that's an wow. old fish wow you know like they're saying in texas you know you catch 15 16 pounders but an old an old bass there is a 10 year old bass but because of our cold water because in the winter time they, they basically just kind of maintain they don't really gain any weight um but the fish live a lot longer they just don't get as big yeah yeah so it's but it's a great organization and and i i highly advise anybody that's interested in doing that they're always looking for for new folks to you know new ideas to get involved and uh, it's really a lot of fun well, the popularity of bass fishing in Minnesota has uh, really, really uh, skyrocketed in the last 10 years. Um, used to be something that I'd hear about some when I was doing the show because the Petersons loved it. Right. And, and a few people uh, were really into it. But now I'm just hearing more and more people that are really into bass, that this this new generation of anglers really get into bass fishing. Oh, it, and, it, and it used to be from around the cities and that southern Minnesota they were into it but now it's it's come full north right to the border and I think part of it is is there I, I don't want to say an easy fish to catch but because there's days that you got to work for them but um, they're not near as finicky as like a walleye and uh, you can catch them about any way you want to if you want to fish them up in the slop you'll catch plenty of them up there if you want to fish them out in on the edge of the deeper weed lines you'll catch plenty of them there and but I, I think too with you know with the these high school fishing teams around the state of Minnesota now and a lot of their fishing is bass fishing and then of course you know BSU has their uh, collegiate fishing team and you know as we hosted the the uh national collegiate championships a few years ago here it's just really taken off and now it's not rare at all to see people on Bemidji area lakes actually out there targeting bass yeah you know it was before you know people catch a few you know, crappie fishing or bluegill fishing by accident. But now, I mean, if you really want to target them, you can have some some incredible days of big numbers of fish and, and really nice fish. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think a lot of it, too, is this new generation is really big into multimedia. They got their cameras. They like to take yes. uh, pictures and videos. Well, bass fishing videos are pretty entertaining. <laughs> yes, they are. You know? Yes, they are, because... You know, probably eight times out of ten that you catch one, you know, eight fish out of ten, they're coming up out of the water. And it's kind of fun because you can see when they're getting ready to jump because your line will start kind of coming up and you kind of want to keep that rod tip down. And it's amazing how many times when I was out with Tom and, and Nate the other day is that they'll jump and you think you stuck them good and they come and they start flipping around and that bait comes flying right back at you. And like I tell people, I go, you know, you or I get a hook in our lip. It's not coming out until we go into the ER. <laughs> it's amazing right. how many times they can shake that that that, that bait out of their mouth. So, uh, yeah, no, it's from a standpoint of this new generation of youngsters coming up fishing and, and with all the, the, the pro-go and, or GoPro cameras and whatever they have out there now, um, the action and the videos they can get has got to be just amazing. Oh yeah, and you know the uh, the other thing is with uh, with uh, you know internet and a lot of web based programming. You know when you have like the the big Bassmaster tournaments, 
you're watching them live. You know, you're right. not waiting until the following winter when maybe you're not that interested anymore. So it's just kind of feeding on itself. Um, so with this advisory group and, and the growth in yeah. popularity, are there any concerns about uh, bass in Minnesota right now? Well, there's concerns from the standpoint of there's a lot of tournaments. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of tournaments out there. And, um, you know, and some lakes more than others. And so they, they're, you know, we've talked about, you know, uh, limiting the number of permits given on one particular lake. Some of the tournaments now have to be on during a weekday so that the weekends that there's, there's not a hundred boats that, you know, trailers parked in a parking lot so other people can still get out there and do it. So there's that concern a little bit. But from the standpoint of just the, the general health and population of the, of the fishery, I mean, everything's looking really, really good. And, um, you know, and here in the Bemidji area, you know, some of these smaller lakes up until about three, four years ago was total catch and release. Mm-hmm. And it really helped get some big fish. Well, then they found, and we were hearing this news from the advisory group, is that they found that the growth rate was starting to slow down. And so it was taking longer for those fish to get 18, 19, 20 inches. So now on a lot of the lakes around the Bemidji area, you can keep, you know, 6, 12, 13 inches, but anything from 14 to 20 inches has to be immediately, you know, put back in the water. And so, you know, they're hoping that uh, a few people will take some of those smaller ones, kind of thin out the population a little bit, and let those those medium-sized fish and bigger fish get even bigger. So, um, and I'll tell you what, a 12-inch largemouth bass on our Bemidji area lakes, that clean, clear water, uh, I'm telling you, Kev, if I fried some up for you and put them in a basket and didn't tell you if they were walleye or bass, you'd say these gosh darn things are wonderful. <laughs> so the smaller ones aren't bad to eat, you know, but don't be keeping those big ones. No. No. And those 20 inches, you can have one over 20. And, um, you know, if you want to put one on the wall, take the measurements and get a, a fiberglass or graphite mount made. They're not that much more expensive, if at all, anymore compared to a real one. And, you know, the real ones, 10, 15 years, you know, they start falling apart a little bit. Fins start falling off. And <laughs> and um, so, yeah, it's uh, – and the smallmouth fishing here in the Bemidji area is getting better, you know, more and more fish every year. And, uh, yeah, it's a healthy it's a healthy population of largemouth and smallmouth here in Minnesota. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. The most listened to outdoor show on this radio station. I know, it's a very bold claim. Dick Beardsley of Dick Beardsley Guide Service, my guest today. Well, we've talked about all the good stuff. There's a couple of things we need to discuss. You were just mentioning to me, you know, you're finding more and more zebra mussels out on Lake Bemidji. Yeah. Just got announced uh, that there's uh, zebra mussels on Big Lake. Right. Uh, that continues to be an issue. And, and uh, I'm a little cons- I mean, obviously, everybody's a little concerned. Yeah. Um, the short term. Results that we've seen on other lakes, it's more anglers trying to figure out where the fish live now because they had to, they, they live in different places. Yeah, and doesn't really affect the populations. But um, we don't know what's going to happen twenty or thirty years. We no. don't know what that's going to what it's going to mean. So no, it's a little concerning. It is concerning, Kev. And then, but then, I I hear reports of Lake Erie, and they've had zebra mussels for fifty plus years, and it's like. I mean, the walleye fishing out there is like off the gosh darn charts. Yes. Um, so we don't know what it's going to be, but that's a big, big body of water. You know, we're talking these smaller inland lakes that get this, and 
And if you get a bunch of them in there, and it definitely does clear the water up. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I've always been more of a weed walleye guy anyhow compared to fishing the rocks and the gravel and stuff like that. So um, I'm used to fishing in the grass for the for the walleyes, but people that aren't, it can get frustrating. I mean, it gets mm-hmm. frustrating for me sometimes because you're, gotten to, you're having to clean your bait off, you know, quite often. But gosh darn, you'll, you know, you'll find those walleyes in there in the middle of the afternoon. And sometimes they're right in the cabbage. Other times they're kind of sitting on the edge. And sometimes during the middle of the afternoon, you know, if, if people aren't finding those walleyes on those deep weed lines, you know, like in the middle of the day, you know, and say you're in 16 foot of water, move out to 20. Get out away from that weed line. Sometimes they're out in that little deeper, little cooler water, just kind of rusting out there. And, and if you run a leech or a crawler or something by them, you know, chances are they're gonna they're gonna inhale it. So, um, but yeah, the the zebra mussel thing, we just got to be vigilant about you know about keeping our boats clean and trailers clean, and especially for folks that that maybe be at a area resort for a week or something, and they they leave their boat in the water the whole week. That's when you really have a chance to those mussels to clam onto the bottom of your boat and you, you you won't even know it where like for myself i'm in and out in and out every day on different lakes and i make sure there's not a weed but the chance of one hooking onto the bottom of my boat mm-hmm. is pretty slim compared to somebody that's docking it all summer or for even just a week at a resort so just be vigilant and you know you can go just out by the target store here and give them a call and they'll they'll power wash your boat and at 145 degree high pressure water and um, they'll get it all cleaned off for you and stuff if you happen to have any so um talking to, i had bruce onspach on uh from beltrami uh, environmental services yeah. last week and he was mentioning one study they've done compared um uh, fingerlings after a year um lakes that don't have zebras and lakes that do yeah um the lakes that do have zebras the fingerlings were a little smaller than the ones it makes sense because, because they're going after the same food base yeah that zooplankton and stuff mm-hmm. and that's and those and that's critical to those little fry that are you know first born in april whenever the the eggs hatch they depend on that stuff if they yeah. can't get it they're not going to live and i can see if it's in shorter supply that there's going to be less of the fry that survive and that the growth rate would be slower it makes sense yeah. so and, and and down the road that definitely could affect the population. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So be careful. Uh, and, yes. And, and for those who are frustrated, say, well, it's, we can't stop it. Well, so far it's still only in 20-some lakes in Beltrami County. Right. That's uh, That leaves uh, 200 and some lakes that it's still not in. And so. Exactly, Kev. And, and throughout Minnesota, it's like... It's less, it's less than 5% of the lakes, I believe, that have zebra mussels in them. And... Um, so let's keep it down there. I mean, you know, we're not going to get rid of them. And I know the University of Minnesota is working on some things to try to get it to – it might not, like, kill them off, but it would at least kind of keep them at the levels they might per- perhaps be at without affecting any other plant life, uh, you know, fish, turtles, things like that. So, But, uh, you know, we can't just wait for somebody to come up with a, a solution. We need to be part of that solution ASAP, like right now, and just do our best to keep uh, keep them things out of area lakes. So, yeah, gosh darn, we got to do that. Yeah, and you know, and we starry starry storm works the same right? way, and um, um, you know, um, 
There's all. There's lots of them. There's, there's a lot of, of them. them. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. And I just saw in a newscast out of the cities a couple of days ago where people, when during this pandemic thing, you know, people bought pets and now they're taking them back to the kennels where they bought them at. You know, well, they bought these goldfish. Well, now they're tired of these goldfish, so they've been dumping in into some lakes down around the cities, and them oh. goldfish they turn into they can get be giant. Yeah, that, that's an invasive species which is going to eat aquatic plant life and other food sources, and uh, which is, and it's totally illegally illegal to do that. So, you know, if I'm going to say flush it down the toilet or, <laughs> or give them a bonk on the head and go uh, put them out in your flower garden and make your flowers grow quicker. Don't put them into a lake. Right, right. People don't understand. A fish is not just a fish. Right. You know, um, if 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 they didn't – if if you could find them in those lakes, you know, right. you, you can't. No. So there's a reason for that. <laughs> there's a re- yeah, we don't want – 20 years down the road that we have a goldfish season in Minnesota lakes you know, because there's so many of them. <laughs> No, we don't need that. No. <laughs> well, listen, Dick. It sounds like if people want to go out and get go fishing, they're gonna they're gonna have some success. So, what would you recommend? Where should they be hanging out? What should they be bringing with them? Yeah. So, um, warm temperatures. The water temperatures are up in the you know upper seventies, maybe cooler, low seventies earlier in the morning. But again, get out on the Bemidji area lakes, and I would concentrate on those steeper breaks where that water you know dips off into deeper water. Um, if you can find some good cabbage in deep, you're going to find some fish here. And the nice thing about fishing the cabbage, you 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 could catch walleyes, pike, bass, crappies, you name it. So that's kind of a neat thing when you're when you're doing that. And again, you can catch them pretty much Kev, any way you want to catch them. If you want to use a jig, you can catch them jigging, you, live bait rigging, pulling spinners, trolling crankbaits. Um, kind of choose your poison and, and and or your favorite way of doing it, and and get out there and um, and have a lot of fun. Well, if people want to uh, catch all those amazing fish that you've been giving your clients, um, how uh, can they how can they sign up with you and get uh, something going? Well, Cal, they can give me a call at 218-556-7172 or uh, email me at dick at dickbeardsley.com or go to my website, dickbeardsleyfishingguide.com. But I am, it's been crazy summer. And I know you, you had a good little buddy of mine, little, well, at my age now, you had Brady Loudon on. Yeah. And, and Brady, I tell you, I've been looking for a long time to, to find somebody like him that is interested in the guide business. Cause I can't, I just can't take all, all of them. And so I don't know how many trips I threw Brady in June and all the feedback that I've gotten about Brady from clients has been nothing short of excellent. I mean, he's got all the quality. So if I can't take you out, hopefully Brady can get you out and uh, you'll have as much fun, if not more fun with Brady as you will with me. And, and he's just done a great job. I, he's like a, he's like a son to me. And, and to see, to be a guide, if you're in it just for the money, you, you're going to have a hard time doing it. You got to be on the water partner every single day, but you got to have a passion and not only for, for fishing, but to be a people person. And, and, and Brady fits all those criteria and he's going to be as successful as a fishing guide as he wants to be. Cause you know, I'm 65 now and I, I still plan on doing this for a long, long time, but it's going to get to the point where, you know, 
I'm not going to be around or I can't do it anymore. And, and, and by that time, hopefully Brady will have so much experience and he'll be taking me out fishing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dick Beardsley, it's great having you in the, in the studio as always. Thanks for stopping by. Hey, thanks, Kevin. Everybody have a great uh, time out there on the water. Hey, just want to remind you, we have some really, really good shows coming up this week and next week and the week after. Some really big things happening. So hopefully you can tune in for that. And if you can't be there on the radio side, of course, subscribe to the podcast at Podcast One or on the Pod MN app so you can listen at your leisure. Plus, get the bonus content that oftentimes doesn't make it onto the radio show. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. That'll do it for today. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for being here. Michelle, Bob, Bob, Country! Country!